0: Fika with Annika. Thank you for coming in and listening in on another episode of Fika with Annika. It's a chance to sit back, relax, and, and just enjoy some storytelling and interesting facts from uh, the Ansa Valley. I'm here with my guest, Roland Valenewith. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Practice, practicing on your last name.
1: Man, I was
0: 13 before I could spell it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roland, uh, I don't know how long you've been here in the valley, but I do know that you have some history with the Lions Club and mm-hmm. uh, other some other nonprofits, and that's how I know you. Um, so uh, we'll just uh, start uh, talking here. Okay. About, um, let's start talking about then, about your association with the uh, Lions Club.
1: Sure, sure. Um, well, I've been here for about 20 years, and for the first few of those years, I really just kind of took in the town and. and get involved in much, just getting the lay of the land. About 2004, um, just a man who's just, just full of love and compassion and, and love this town. And um, an Older guy and a World War II veteran and a uh, nice, nice man. Anyway, we got to be real good friends and he was friends with everybody I found out in town. So <laughs> I'd like to say I was his best friend, but everybody was his best friend. Right. So, <laughs> and uh, he got me involved in the Lions Club. And I saw the stuff that they do is just, it's all about community. Now this Lions Club here is different than any of the other Lions Clubs that are around in that the other Lions Clubs will get involved in doing things on a wide scale, uh, maybe building houses in Mexico or you know, doing something along those lines. And the Lions Club here has always been focused only, pretty much on just ANZA, on uh, the people of ANZA. So. It's one of those things where we've always felt we have to watch out for each other. And back then, you've got about 800 people, maybe 1,000 people in town. And it was pretty okay. easy to know everybody. Bill Greer got me involved, and it seems from the moment I got involved with the Lions Club, um, uh, I had I was on the board. I didn't really understand why. I didn't even know how everything worked.
0: You went from being a member to a board member?
1: Well, within a couple of months. Um, it turns out that Bob Ruff, who was a Lion at the time, was became the president of the Lions Club, and they ha- had an election every year for a president. Well, Bob Ruff became the president. Well, apparently nobody stepped forward to be the vice president, and let's let the new guy do it, was the, the <laughs> conversation. And Well, Bob cast me on the shoulder. Would you like to be the vice president? Sure, fine. I'm the vice president. Uh, voting position on the board, but at that time I. Be like, you know, I don't know enough about what's going on to give a vote here So we are anything, so we're gonna, I'm just going to listen for a while. <laughs> right. If there's an indecision, I'll flip a coin. But um, anyway, so we did that for a while, and then uh, uh, Bob was planning Anza Days. Now, in those days, the Lions Club did all of Anza Days. They did the, the vendors in the park. They did the parade. Everything having to do with Anza Days. Um, that changed after I became president, but that's the way it was. And so Bob was the ringleader. I didn't know that the president did this. And, <laughs> please.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, typically the, the president oversees and delegates.
1: You would think, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that, was, that was my understanding. but Not I, in the
0: <laughs> upside-down world of Anza. Yeah,
1: well, so Bob was meeting with the guys, not even in a real official meeting. He was meeting with the people, his trusted circle, working Anza days, at what, what was then the Outlook, or the Outback restaurant. Later became Tumbleweed, and it became a number of, but it was the Outback restaurant back here. Yes. Um, and so he was meeting with them in the bar in the back, we had a little room set back there, and uh, making all the arrangements. Well, okay, fine, I found out about it. I went a couple, and I kinda didn't think I was really invited, so I figured, okay, well, it's not, you know, whatever. Let them do their thing. I'm sort of on the outskirts of learning everything. All right, and then um, Friday night, dinner comes up. That's fine. I went off without a hitch. Me and Bob had a great time and just enjoying each other's company and and having fun with the rest of the Lions there at the community hall. And the next morning happens. Now I'm lined up for breakfast. The Thimble Club is serving breakfast like they do every Saturday on the Saturday before or the morning of the parade. And they're serving breakfast. And Tom Spanley, another one of the Lions, and he's an old timer. He just moved out of town recently, uh, health problems. But um he was also a past president. Um, anyway, so he tapped me on the shoulder and he says, Well, how are you doing this morning, Mr. President? What? Uh, uh, <laughs> what? the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about, Mr. President? You didn't hear? No, I didn't hear. What are you talking Bob Ruff died last night. <gasps> Holy crap. I'm the president. I know nothing about Days. <laughs> <laughs> I was not involved in any of the arrangements. I, I didn't know anything. And here, this whole thing now is on my shoulders and Bob actually put it together. And so I dropped my plate, went to the bathroom, threw up, and
2: then, <laughs> and
1: then, and then I started contacting people in my trusted circle, who I, you know, one of them was Annie Ashby, Annie is absolute gold. I yes. love Annie. I will never say anything bad about Annie. <laughs> she is just gold. Um, She not only stepped up, but she had the history. She understood what needed to happen, and she was cueing me in about what needed to happen at what time. And so, fortunately, everybody, there was enough lions that we were all in our stations. I just went and made sure, okay, is everything done with you? Do I need to take care of anything for you? And go to the starting line and go everywhere we had lions, go to the the blockades and make sure that everything was set up. And it all went off without a hitch. And when it was all done, I took a nap for about two days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 That was like okay, I'm president now.
0: That was your baptism.
1: That was my baptism. And, oh uh, my
0: goodness. Yeah. And and so you had never even attended a Anza Days parade prior to this? Had so no history, nothing. Trial by fire, and it went off without a hitch.
1: It went off without a hitch. I mean, Fantastic! That's just, not that to that my credit, you. it was the credit of everybody else. Well, that tells
0: you, you know, that the, the past president that had now passed that really had done an oh, yeah. exemplary job.
1: Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I went to his wake. I think the following week. And just <laughs> After you woke thanked up. <laughs> he did a great job. And um, so that was, you know, that that's how I became president. And then as things moved on, I, I figured this is not gonna happen again like this. Now 2006 came up and we're, I mean, we're getting ready for the next parade. Um, I, this is not gonna catch me by surprise again. I started in September setting up the parade with monthly meetings. And then I started uh, inviting the rest of the members of the other communities, uh, the Chamber of Commerce, anybody else who was a community leader because it was my feeling this is a community event. This is something where everybody should have an input into it. Yeah, the Lions are gonna go ahead and do the parade, and at the time we'd still do the park and all that kind of stuff, but slowly everything was getting disseminated out because number one, the Lions are shrinking as an organization. They've been shrinking since the 90s as an organization. Um, There's still some real good solid people that like to do things for other people, but there's other organizations to get involved with. So, okay. But we needed to go ahead and disseminate responsibility. So we did. And we started talking to everybody about taking a little bit little piece of it. We offered it to the chamber. We said, you know, we're going to we can give it all to you. You can have all of it. We'll participate as we always do. We'll still do what we always do. But this should be a chamber thing because it brings commerce to town. This is one of those things that brings commerce.
0: You're absolutely right. Uh, I agree with you because that's what it is. It's all about the you know the the visitors coming into town. Absolutely. And it's and not just Anza. it's it's the all, all the people that drive the 371 every day and wonder what is this town about.
1: Well, you know the chamber was never very consistent when I got here and that's it didn't really get any sense of consistency until after Robin moved here and started working with the chamber and becoming the president And, and that's like
0: Robin that. Garrison. Robin
1: Garrison, yeah. And then it became consistently a a functioning organization, which actually started doing things um, consistently. Now, there were years, I understand, before I got here that they did things and then they sort of kind of went away for a bit and came back. One of those fluctuating things, but since 1976, the consistency of organizations have been the Thimble Club and the Lions Club. So we pretty much ended up taking over everything. At one time, they offered us the community hall to go ahead and take over that. And, and run it and everything else. Now, we turned it down because, well, a number of reasons. But...
0: It's not your mission statement to be...
1: It, it really isn't, but it also was boiling down to that we needed to be comfortable with what the books said, and, and I didn't want to get into it, but nobody would show us the books, so we left it there. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then, so we started getting other organizations involved. And uh, as a matter of fact, the chamber itself got involved because i had to invite them at least two or three times and they didn't seem to want to get involved right away um i, I think that's because there was some bad blood at the, at the time between one of our members and one of their members and it was just silliness going on i don't believe that in fighting
0: well don't you think also that some sometimes people volunteer to be in a position on a on a board of, of a nonprofit organization and they, they don't have training or they're not aware of what they're actually supposed to be doing. Oh sure, so, I'm sure that's part of it. So I'm sure that's so unless you have a, you know a strong leader and someone who can yeah. funnel things in the right direction can be difficult sometimes. So that's probably why it waxes
1: and wanes. I think so. I think especially if somebody is like new to town because you I mean when I moved here I moved here with certain expectations. I lived in the city. I lived you know in the suburbs. Things work different there, and then out yes. here. You can do things on a handshake. At least 20 years ago, you did things on a handshake. And that's it. And, you know, if you weren't good to your word, they're going to see you again. You live in the same town. That's right. So, (laughs) and uh, and that's just the way it worked. Right. And I think that is a little bit of a culture shock because you go from this, this mode of not openly trusting absolutely everybody that's around me because I live in the city and you go to the country and go, it's a little bit different here. It's almost like you've been in a, House with a, a large family, you're going to see them again. You know, they just
0: you don't have to like them, but you're going to see them. Yeah,
1: you're going right. to get along, and then you're, 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 they're, yeah, they're going to keep their word because yes. you're probably going to call them on it if they don't. Right.
0: <laughs> so just moving forward. So uh, this year for the ANSA um, mm-hmm. ANSA days and the parade. So who are the contributing uh, nonprofits? It's, it's obviously the uh, Lions handling the parade Mm the ACIL, which is the ANSA Civic Improvement League, which are the keepers of the park park, and the schoolhouse, they'll be handling the vendors,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and are anyone else that's participating? Well, of course, the community hall um, and
1: whoever's in charge there will be handling the, uh, I believe the dinner and the breakfast.
0: And is that the Thimble Club too? The Thimble
1: Club will be handling the breakfast, but they'll be probably working in cooperation with the hall. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, what else? As far as the barricades go, and we always forget about you know, who handles the barricades because it's out of sight, out of mind. That is the um, uh, Citizens Patrol. Um, they usually hit that up.
0: Which is only four people only right four now. Only four
1: people right now. And so they actually and they're actually
0: they elderly people.
1: And they get volunteers from the um, City okay. Outreach Church or you know wherever they can. So we get okay. volunteers to help out. And this would not happen without the volunteers. One of the things that I like to do is after the parade's over, even when I was president, um, is to make sure I visit all the blockades and all the volunteers who showed up because they never get thanked nobody ever acknowledges them because nobody sees them you know they're they're making sure everybody's safe but it's one of those unsung hero jobs yes and of which Annie Ashby is actually a huge leader in that, that area um, she actually got volunteers last year from Idaho from their patrol league out there to come out here and help us in exchange she and I think she was the only one from ANZA that went out there to help them And I actually didn't realize that until I went, because I was part of their parade um, in the days following. And I saw Annie on the line, working the security, in her uniform and everything, working security. I mean, Annie is just one of those local heroes, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Absolutely. And she is uh, on my schedule to be interviewed. uh, And she did request that she did want to talk about the Citizens Patrol. So that is up and coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's very, very important. And yet, so uh, back to the Lions then, Um, uh, in addition to the ANSA parades, I know that you have other events throughout the year at Mm -hmm. the Canna field.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, The Canna field is a monthly event from about April. Well, I'm gonna get started on April and it goes all the way through to November. Um, And we started it, so it started a very long time ago before I even got here. But we run it pretty much to go ahead and allow the kids to have experience and learn for any amateur anybody who wants to come out and have fun with their horse to learn it's a learning experience you have experienced horse people out there who you know if if we're running barrels and you're doing something wrong you know you want some help they'll go ahead and they'll help you do it right Uh, pole bending or what have you there's actually been a few of our kids that went from our gym canna that went to the pro circuits and running running the rodeos so i didn't know
0: that uh, That's fantastic. Yeah,
1: one of them was um, well, Anthony Castro. Actually, he lives in town here, but he actually was riding the pro circuit for a while. And you might see him. I on, know on, the name. Yeah, yes. and they're always at the gym, Canada. They're always helping. Those are two of the I, what I call my golden people here, because they they really can do no wrong in my eyes. They really are solid people. I see. Yeah, and um, but we do that for the kids, and it's always a family event. Um, sometimes we get pressure to raise the prices and for us it was never about the money uh, at the gymkhana it was always about yeah you know, we don't want to lose money because we have to run it every year and we get donations to pay for buckles and ribbons and stuff like that okay and so as far as the families are concerned we don't charge anybody to come see the Canna. if they want to buy a hamburger that'll help us out if they want to participate oh well, it's i think it's 2 dollars an event 2 dollars i mean most places you go for a horse event you're going to pay $60, $70 an event or something, I mean, $2 um, an event. That's, <laughs>
0: yeah. that doesn't seem, I mean you can't even buy a cup of coffee Yeah. for that. Yes. that that's really wonderful You to keep the prices affordable for everyone. Absolutely. In addition to the Gymkhana, uh, you do have throughout the year, you have, I, well the last two years there was a Hillbilly Festival that, that yes. was raising money. <laughs> yes. Is that something that you have planned for this coming year also?
1: Yeah, we actually renamed it. It was originally the Harvest Festival. That because, uh, As far as I know, now all the years that I've been here, Anza had never had a Harvest Festival. And it was just truly just a Harvest Festival. I know it's got Christian overtones these days, but it really was just a Harvest Festival. Um, and we did it the first year. Gosh, years ago, when I was the president, we did this. And we had, we, we brought in for the first time that anybody can remember, uh, cause I told them I've never seen it. I want to see pig wrestling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask the pig? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they brought, we got a pig, we got, we got a bull for bull poker or bull bingo. We called it poker at the time. Mm-hmm. It's actually bull bingo, chicken bingo, just a whole bunch of backwoods hillbilly games I that see. we were going to play that's it. And it's just family fun for everybody. And worked out really great. Now we stopped for a few years, and since then other harvest festivals have come up, and that's great. Okay, um, yeah, I'm for anything that helps the town. And then at one point, uh, Michelle Amini, our, our current president, as you know, she really wants to bring that back. She really likes to, likes to, to see that because, she's right, it's part of our culture. Even if it's a little embarrassing to some, you know, there's worse things to be than a hillbilly. So. That's, that's, true. <laughs> so, that's true. So, okay, fine. We brought it back. And um, we have fun at it. We, do a lot. we as with all our fundraisers, we, we don't charge an awful lot of money. We do count on people showing up and just having a good time. And we try to keep the kids there because if we keep the kids there, Mom and Dad are staying. <laughs>
0: That's right. And spending hopefully a little bit of money. On, hopefully, yes. Yeah, on, on the chili off or the apple pie off or whatever. I'm not sure if you have those kind of contests. Oh, we, that, but, it but
1: depends on what's what's going on. We have had course, those before. Yeah. Of, of course. Yeah.
0: Right. So the money that that the Lions, uh, you say that that uh, you're raising money and and you're keeping the money in the community. Mm-hmm. Could you explain that a little bit? So who sure. benefits from? from
1: well, this? it depends on what the need is. We first of all, what the Lions do. Um, on the whole, and as part of our international charter, is we do go ahead and provide assistance with um, vision, so glasses and so forth for people who need it and are unable to get it on their own. Uh, hearing aids for people who need hearing aids. Uh, we do uh, diabetes clinics too, actually, the Lions International does, and we get to be part of that if we want them to come up here and all that kind of stuff. Now, locally, we also have a medical equipment exchange. So if somebody needs wheelchairs, somebody needs crutches, um, whatever they can, not they need a toilet seat or they need whatever for their, their medical situation going on. Uh, odds are we probably got it in storage. And it's sort of just an open exchange. We don't take money for it. When somebody wants to donate, okay, that's fine. Uh, we just ask everybody to pay it forward. You know, when you're done with it, however long that is, when you're done with it, you can either bring it back here for somebody else to use or give it to somebody else to use. and. Uh, just pay it forward. That's all we ask.
0: So if somebody wants them to uh, either um, be a beneficiary of this mm-hmm. or to, to make a donation, how's the best way to reach uh, someone from the Lions Club?
1: Well, they can always call me or directly, but chances are they're not going to write down my number at this very second, so right. <laughs> they can go to the Um uh, uh, That is our website, and there is a tab there for medical equipment they can there's a, a, a place there to contact us there's a place there with our, my phone number actually any of our phone numbers really and um they can get a hold of us and we'll meet them down at the field and see if we have something that'll meet their needs and um, if we do great
0: great okay mm-hmm. fantastic okay so um, i know since i'm a friend of yours on facebook mm-hmm. I know that you have other interests also, so I'm going to lead you away from from the real world of of, um, of uh, you know charity and and. Living well, I, and before and we some. leave that world, I would like to mention
1: okay. if I, I am recently involved with an organization called Thorn, and that is for the um, prevention of child trafficking. And um, so, if anybody has any interest in supporting that, you can go to the Thorn website and make a monthly donation. Um, that is, they they actively actually they've been responsible now for rescuing almost 40,000 children from child trafficking.
0: Internationally or nationally? Internationally.
1: Internationally. Yeah, and it's, okay. it's, 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 it's a huge problem and it should never happen to a child. A child should have their innocence. And, uh,
0: it shouldn't happen to any, any, anybody. It shouldn't happen to
1: anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's, that's the other thing. I don't want to go in a dark town, but that's it. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, we could talk about that at another interview sure, session. Sure.
2: Attention Mountain Residents. Recognizing community needs in the age of technology, the Anza Electric Cooperative is partnering with the Riverside County Information and Technology Department and Anza Community Broadcasting, KOIT, to distribute refurbished desktop computers for free to income-qualified residents. These desktop computers come loaded with Windows 10 and Home Office. If you're interested in seeing if you or your family member qualifies, the applications are available online at anzaelectric.org, at the Anza Electric Cooperative front office, at Lorraine's Pet Supply, and in the box outside of the KOYT station. Once you have filled out your application, it can be scanned and emailed to fundraising at KOYT971.org. It can be mailed P.O. Box 391-229 Anza, California 92539 or handed in at Lorene's Pet Supply, the co-op office, or in the mail slot at the KOYT station. You're listening to K O Y T L P Anza California.
0: Welcome back to Fika with Anika.
2: So I just wanted to bring it in, uh,
0: into uh, your other interests, which okay. is uh, also one of my interests is the paranormal. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, my interests are because I had uh, personal experiences and yeah. and I'd like to validate myself by by you know watching ghost hunter shows and so on and was really excited to see that we did have uh, an ANSA Paranormal Facebook page and, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so with well I'll let you talk about sure. about your interests here
1: uh, you know I think actually just about anybody who I've spoken to who has an interest in the paranormal it started because two things happened. They had an experience and unlike some people they didn't want to turn away from it. They knew they had it. They needed an explanation for it and that was me. That was apparently you. (laughs) (laughs) We need an explanation for these things. We know these have happened and uh, and so I actually of course have been involved in looking at these things unfortunately since I was a child because there were some very very weird things that happened when I was a child Um, but as I got older and started reading I have, for me, I have an analytical mind, I'm a programmer, I'm a, I, I code, and I, everything has to make sense and fit in the puzzle, so I, I try to get as much information as I can, and figure out where are the commonalities, where do these things fit, and what is, can I judge this by an agenda and by its, by its effect, and that's how I look at things, sort of a scientific method, a research method, okay. for me, right. anyway, um, so I approached the paranormal with that in mind. I know everybody's got a story and some stories quite frankly I think are fantasies that people have had and I, that's my personal opinion. Other stories I think are you know, right down solid. You have to judge a person, you've got to judge what they say, you've got to judge you know, where they're going with this and if they have anything to gain from this and all that kind of stuff. Of course. Um, I started, because my job takes me all over the world, I started researching cases that happened all over the world. And i started going to those locations and i started interviewing people directly i i it wasn't it wasn't enough that they were interviewed on tv or whatever i would jot their name down if i'm going to their location at some point i would look them up i would ask them questions i would gather evidence if i could Um, i would get involved with investigations i think one of the most compelling actually two of the most compelling investigations i was involved with there was a gentleman in are we running out of time? No. no, no, no. Okay. There was a gentleman in, uh, in Florida, uh, Ray Pollock, and he'd been on TV once or twice. Uh, he, was, uh, he worked for Monsanto for uh, almost his entire career, since the early 60s. He was an optical engineer, I believe he had a PhD, and um, he passed away fairly recently. But him and I would meet in, in Gulf Breeze, um, Florida, on, on South Shoreline Park. Because there was always something happening there, of a paranormal nature. It was, uh, as a matter of fact, that's the closest I ever got to a UFO. That was within four feet of me, and I couldn't tell you what it was. I couldn't tell you what it was because it was just, it was just under the water, under the surface of the water, going by, and it was this brush metallic thing that went by, (laughs) and and it was very slowly too. And it was, I'm thinking, okay, (laughs) submarines aren't this huge, (laughs) and. And it was enormous, and everybody who had seen it before was frightened of it, and there was a whole... I wrote about it on Ads of Paranormal. It's actually a story out there um, that actually happened. And that whole thing, Ray turned me on to that stuff about what actually is happening out there. I first read the book about the Gulf Breeze experience. I went out there to see if it's real. Here's somebody I trust, extremely credible, very intelligent, who had photographs that had never been published, had um, things that he was able to show me about how he knows this is real because he'd been doing his own research. Um, somebody I respected, I grew to respect quite a bit and um, and, I, and I saw some of these things for myself out there. Anyway so I continued the other investigations, some of them went on pretty much in our backyard in Menifee in 1994. Um, In Menifee, I've got about 200 hours of video footage of what happened. And some of it I still can't come to terms with, what I've seen and what's on those tapes. Uh, As a matter of fact, I very recently started going through them again. And there are some things that are on those tapes that I really have a difficulty with. I was thinking that I'm... The reason I started going through them again recently is I was thinking about digitizing those, those tapes. They're high eight tapes, eight millimeters. I was thinking about digitizing them, and putting them up, some of the clips on of Paranormal to see, so people could see, really, if I had, to, what I would, if I would describe what, I, what was on those tapes, I don't think anybody would believe me.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> that's why it's called Paranormal. Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> it's really not normal. And, and for people who haven't uh, experienced themselves, I have not had any type of a UFO experience or so, mm-hmm. but I've had um, ghostly experiences. Oh, yeah. So, But but I'm fascinated with, uh, with uh, the UFO experience And you haven't had any too.
1: UFO experiences? Huh? I have not. Because I usually like always, find people that have one have the other too.
0: I'm always looking for Goldie. I've mm-hmm. heard, when I moved here I heard I was, yay, Anza, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? The UFO capital. Of uh, California, basically, and uh, with our own Goldie, and I'm always looking over Cahuilla Mountain, looking for, for that, and I don't. I've seen some uh, odd things, but um, I think they can be explained away. So I, I don't think I've had a UFO experience. but I've uh, been but for 20 I,
1: years and I've only seen Goldie three times myself.
0: Only? Well, yeah, I mean that's it's three more times than I have.
1: There's yeah. a young woman here who's been writing me recently who' was actually having daily sightings of something. And I keep that. She's a little reticent to let anybody onto her property, and she doesn't know me from Adam, so I don't blame her. But, uh,
0: and she's a, a local.
1: A local, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I don't really know if it's credible or not because we we I've only known her through messaging, so I, I it's difficult to know somebody that way. But um, it seems like it might be credible.
0: Fantastic! So, Wouldn't yeah. that be wonderful? Yeah, <laughs> oh, no.
1: yeah. I love investigating these things.
0: I th- I think it's. Uh... It's uh, yeah. It's um, uh, beyond being a, a hobby for some people, and uh, for me, it's just a just a fascination. But uh, uh, I understand that you've, uh, in addition to I guess to Florida, you've also done some international researching mm-hmm. on the same subject.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, well, in, in the paranormal, as you just mentioned, it's anything from ghosts to just strange happenings and and odd things that are difficult to explain in our paradigm of what we believe is reality and um, uh, I go to Israel quite a bit. Israel is is, um, a very different place, rich with history, Um, but there's a lot of also strange things that go on there. A lot of strange things that people see in the sky and of course I've talked to quite a few of those people and they... um, Most Israeli people, especially the older generations of Israeli people, very down-to-earth, concrete people. They're not given a whole bunch of fights of fancy, how bunch of stuff they're going to Or superstition. It happened or it didn't. And it's just like, you know, your attitude is like, what can I do about it? <laughs> 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 for, for you, we have such a deal. Look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and, and I love going there because those people are great. But, yes. uh, um, but they'll tell you just as a matter of fact. Yeah, that happens. And it happens all the time. Especially around the kibbutzes up around Galilee and so forth. Um, it,
0: Is that because there's uh, just a, a larger uh, s- line of sight? I think uh, so. Or maybe the skies are clear, you don't have light contamination?
1: I maybe. think so because if you go to Tel Aviv or, or Haifa or any place like that, you're going to find that to be more like their version of Los Angeles and it's a lot of light litter out there mm-hmm. that makes it difficult to really notice anything different happening in the sky. But you know, out by Galilee, on the far side of the Galilee, where they have the kibbutzes and stuff where it's, it's a lot of land you know that's um a lot of you can see a lot of sky and it's kind of nice pretty uh,
0: much like here we have a lot yeah. of sky and,
1: yeah. oh yeah and then there's one place a volcanic region of uh of israel i did not know was there a friend of mine took me to and he says you know he tells me take out your compass you know because i had compass with me because i always traveled with a compass because i'm ex-army and i'd like to do that Okay. <laughs> yeah it was something i did at the time anyway but Linzatic compass take it out and he says start walking the field and walking the field i get a fix on true north start walking the field as i'm walking the field i see true north is moving <laughs> oh no <laughs> and it's just like and eventually comes all the way around <laughs> just like what's going on here and he says he says we really don't know he says some of the scientific explanations that people have offered or that Perhaps the last time something erupted was when the Earth's axis or the magnetic fields were different than they are today, and right. uh, maybe that's what the compass picks up on. But he says you're—it's just now. The only other time I'd seen that happen was in Gulf Breeze, Florida.
0: <laughs> really,
1: <laughs> there was once a photograph of a UFO that was actually very close to the ground. And I, Gulf Breeze is a very tiny town. It's like three miles long, and in not too many streets wasn't difficult to find the street where this photograph was taken so
0: this this was on land it wasn't on water yeah. which I, I would have expected yeah this
1: was on on land there's ufos that are photographed above land and mm-hmm. what's, what's below water has never been photographed as far as i know but um anyway so i found the street found the angle that the picture was taken found the tree line this is this is everything got my compass out because i had a theory and i started walking the area, sure enough, as I get to what middle of where that photograph shows something was, you watch the compass do that spin around again. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so something's different here. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody's really noticed this before, but it's I could repeat it over and over and over again. And they paved the road. You can tell it's been paved since and probably fairly recently at that point because it looked like pretty dark pavement. Okay, something's going on there. Didn't know what, though. Couldn't tell you.
0: Wow. Well, I know that we have energy lines or ley lines and so so forth mm-hmm. here in the area, and uh, I may just have to invest in a compass now.
1: It's, and start it's interesting. Using it. yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, yeah. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it does correlate. For me, I have to go ahead and research more about the ley line theories and and, and would that apply and all that kind of stuff. And and does that cross here? Is there any significance to those areas? Um, but that happens <laughs> now. It, I mean, there's so many things that uh, are happening out here which are paranormal. <laughs> but right. I don't like to scare people. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, they can always uh, change the radio dial. Or, uh, yeah, they can. So there's another side of you. I've been, um, uh, again, a friend of yours on your Facebook page. Sure. And every now and then <laughs> uh, I have... Uh, Words of wisdom oh from you, and I have uh, observations, and I just wanted to read a few of these out here. Okay. So here's from my list of observations uh, that I, <laughs> Okay, found a four leaf clover in the in an old book. Someone was pressing their luck. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So that's that's appropriate right now. I have me.
1: to, most of these things happen to me when I'm actually first waking up in the morning and not quite in my right
0: mind. That was kind of one of my, my questions, is like, really? This is all you? Wow. Another one. If history repeats itself, I'm totally getting a dinosaur.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I can just see little Roland there, <laughs> playing with this dinosaur.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I. I I, I have to admit, some of those things that I've heard from friends of mine just in their conversations, and I thought, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I right. like that. So, so
0: just- when I drive, a lot of people seem to forget their other four fingers when waving to me.
1: That's <laughs> yeah. uh, just me trying to put a positive spin on things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, anyhow, I have uh, uh, quite a few notes here. I'll probably save them for our next interview because I am asking you back. Okay. But here we have some words of wisdom from from Roland. never store Dr. Pepper next to your brake fluid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and thats uh, I'm sure any mechanic or, or anyone who's ever worked in a lab can relate to anything like that. Uh-huh. Uh, I think this one is priceless. Wear a ski mask to bed. So if there is a home invasion, the intruder will think you're part of the team. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and here, uh, and this is the last one, if anyone has ever told you that you snore, just know that person has very carefully weighed, weighed the pros and cons of letting you live.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, I have to tell you that there are so many things that I just don't write because my mother reads these too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, there was uh, the other day I was in church. It was that well, was last Wednesday? I was in church, and mm-hmm. uh, and w- the priest. I-, I called him Padre two times because he says everything twice in mm-hmm. different languages, and you're sitting there for a very long time. And by the time we stood up again, the guy next to me says, oh my butt's asleep." And I told him, <laughs> "Yeah, I know. I heard it snore twice." <laughs> And when I started laughing, Father two times is looking at us.
0: Oh, God, that's priceless. I'm sure you've probably embarrassed your children over and over again as they were growing up with what God knows what you let loose.
1: Oh, it's a general rule. I'm not allowed to speak at weddings or funerals.
0: <laughs> okay. So anyhow, so that concludes this uh, episode of Fika with Anika. Thank you everyone for listening. We're always looking for local talent and, and history or a good sense of humor. Please feel free to contact me at Fika with Anika on Facebook. You can direct message me there. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you for listening in to Fika with Anika. Enjoy your cup of Fika Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and replayed Sundays at 1 p.m.